Well, good morning everyone. Good morning, welcome. It's really great to see all of you here today. Um, if you're visiting, special welcome to you today. Really great to have you with us. If you're watching online, welcome as well. So why are we here today? Why are we here? Hopefully you're here because there's people here that you'd like to see. Uh, maybe you're looking forward to a nice shared lunch later on. Um, but ultimately, we are here today because we believe that there's a God. We believe that that God made everything you can see outside and everything even that you can't see. He made everything. And he made us. Uh, and because of that, there is no one better qualified to speak to us and to tell us um, how to live, to tell us about ourselves. And he's spoken to us in the Bible and we're going to be hearing from the Bible later on. So we're in the best place today. It might be, um, maybe it would have been nice to stay at home and have a really big lion or to be at home prepping the perfect Sunday lunch. Uh, maybe there's places that you think would be nice to be this morning, but actually there's nowhere better that we could be than to be here and to be hearing from God's word. And Mark is going to be speaking to us later um, from Exodus. Uh, and the title of the talk today is Meeting God. So we'll really look forward to that later on. So, one or two notices. Um, today, we also have a meeting this evening. So we have church again at half six this evening when Tim Burden is coming to speak to us. This week on Wednesday, there are men's Bible studies. So that's Wednesday at half seven. Um, if you've never been to that before, um, then please uh, speak to Martin uh, over here or grab somebody who can tell you about that. You'd be very welcome to come along to that. Also coming up is the quiz. We're running a quiz. That's the 15th of March. Um, I don't know how long we've been doing this, but I've been to at least a couple of them, and it's good fun. Um, so this is yeah, 15th of March. It's a free event to come to. Um, it is for adults. It's at half seven in the evening. So the idea is that you put a group together, you put a team, and then you bring your team along. Um, if, like me, you don't have seven friends, then what you can do is um, you can get as many people together as you can and then um, let the organisers know and then you can put, put groups together. So don't let that hold you back. But it's a really fun event. Um, I'd encourage you to come to that. There is a, uh, a short talk um, which is explaining what we believe. It's telling people something about Jesus. So this is a perfect thing to bring friends to, maybe friends who don't normally come to church. And shared lunch as well. So I mentioned shared lunch. So we're having a shared lunch after the service today. So but lots of people have cooked something or brought something and we're going to have a kind of buffet um, type lunch together. Just really encourage you to stay for that. Even if you didn't know that was going on today and you've not brought food with you yourself, you're really, really welcome to come to that. Um, hopefully it will be good food and there'll be a lot of it. But the focus is that it's a um, great opportunity to spend some time together. So we'd really encourage you um, to stay around for that after the service, everyone is welcome for that. Okay, so we're going to start um, our worship together, singing a song. We're going to sing um, a song, the title of which is Oh Lord My God. So talking a minute ago about God who made everything, this, is, this song is about just being amazed at God, God who made everything, and then later in the song thinking about how God sent Jesus to rescue us. Um, so let's stand and sing uh, as the music starts.
So one other thing I should have said in the, the intro bit there is just that if you have kids with you, um, kids uh, who are primary school age plus stay in the service, during the service, um, but there is a crash if you have kids who are younger than that, and if you have kids that are primary school plus age who won't stay quiet in the service, or if you want to go somewhere quiet for any other reason, there's a hall out here, and this is all being shown on the TV out there, so if anyone needs somewhere else to go, there is a space there. So what we're going to do now is do the reading. We're going to look at Exodus 19. We're going to read through the chapter, and this is the chapter that Mark will be speaking from. So you can find it in front of you in a Bible. Uh, I don't have the church um, Bible page number, or it is on the screen um, up here. On the third new moon, I'll explain what's going on here, actually. Let's go back. So, um, so what's going on here, or there's no context, is that um, the people of Israel, so the people that God has said are his special people at this point in history, um, they've been rescued. They've been rescued from Israel. Um, they've been rescued from Egypt, um, where they're in slavery. And right now, they're basically going out on this big journey, and they're about to be wandering around um, the, the wilderness. So that's, that's where we are. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. And you shall set limits for the people all round, saying, Take care not to go into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. 
Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord, to look, and many of them perish. Also, let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits round the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, Go down and come up, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. So we'll look forward to Mark explaining that passage to us later. Uh, Now we are going to continue uh, in worship. We're going to sing the next song, King of Kings. Um, so this is, fits very well with that passage that we, we just read, the, the idea of coming to the mountain and God is there and you're like, wow, we can't come near. This song is this idea of coming to God and seeing his majesty and just not knowing um, how to respond to that. You know, it says, all within me falls at your throne. So let's um, think about that as we sing this song. Please uh, stand as the music starts.
who's now going to come up and do the children's talk, um, primary school age kids, you are very welcome to come up to the front and have a seat. Thank you. Excellent. Come on, come and find a seat. Brilliant. Fantastic. Oh, I think we've run out of seats somewhere. You sit down there, that's brilliant, if you're happy to. Good. Well, have any of you ever got lost? Have any of you ever got lost? No. Do you know why? Do you know why you've never got lost? Because your mums and dads have, if they've been in a crowd, if they've been somewhere different, have made sure they're either holding your hand, okay, or they're keeping an eye on you. This way. Come this way. Not that way. So you've never been lost. But I bet, I shouldn't say that, should I really? I reckon that later on, your mums and dads will be looking for you because you'll be somewhere in the building playing with each other. And when they want to go home, where will you be? You're not actually hiding. You're not actually lost. But they're looking for you. There are times, do you know, that actually we get lost. But we don't know we're lost. I'm going to tell you a story about one of my children. They weren't very old. They were about three. And we'd gone up to London, to London Zoo, to see the animals. Has anyone here ever been to a zoo? Drusillas, maybe? Yeah? Anyone been to London Zoo? Oh, they've got the really wacky ones at London Zoo, the really rare ones. It's good to go see. And I was really concentrating on these fish. We were in the building, they got lots of beautiful but strange fish. And suddenly, lost him. Where is he? Where's he gone? He wasn't in the building. And your heart starts panicking a little bit. And you go outside, can't see him outside. And there he was, looking at a bush. Got all these lovely fish to look at, and he's gone out to look at a bush. But he didn't know that he was lost. He was quite happy looking at this bush. That's a strange thing to do when you've got lots of nice fish to see, isn't it? Yeah. But he didn't know that he was lost. And we've got a Bible verse, okay? We've got a Bible verse that we're going to look at, which is... For the Son of Man, the Son of Man is Jesus, came to seek and save the lost. Would someone like to read that out? Go on then, Harvey, nice loud voice. Absolutely, the Son of Man is Jesus. Now, I don't read in the Bible that you read Jesus going, I'm just going to look behind this bush for someone. You know? I'm just going to look for someone. He knew where everyone was. So why does it mean he came to seek and save the lost? He was coming to look for people. He was coming to look for people who were lost. Okay. Now, Harvey and Katie, do you think you could just find me a couple of sweets? Go on then, go and find me a couple of sweets. You bought, oh, I'll tell you, that is smart thinking. I like that. Good for you. That's brilliant. He's found some sweets. No, I'm not expecting you to share them or give them. I wasn't expecting you to do that. That's brilliant. That's it. Take a seat. What I was going to say, did you find any sweets? No. <laughs> 
So what Jesus meant by he said, come and seek to save the lost, he was going to help people to see where they meant to go. So if you'd gone and looked on top of that piano over there, there's lots of sweets. Katie, go and have a look. I thought you'd spotted them earlier when you went that way. Have a look on what's on top of the piano. Gummies, yeah. So after the service, you can come and find one. Go and get one. I'm not going to move them. Go and get a sweet. So Jesus was actually coming to look for people who couldn't find their way through life. They were, they were looking for things and actually it wasn't bringing them happiness. Ultimately, some of them were looking for Jesus, but they didn't realise who Jesus was. So when it came, he came to seek and save lost. He wanted to show them about who he was, about through him we can have forgiveness. He wanted to show them that actually to find true happiness, they had to ask him for forgiveness. Had to come to him and say sorry for what they've done wrong. And through life, you'll spend lots of time looking for things. You'll be looking for happiness. But actually, all the time you're looking for those things that won't give you true happiness, you'll be lost. We've got fellowship lunch today, and, and I don't know whether you prefer the hot food, whether you prefer the puddings. I like both. But a few hours' time, the enjoyment that I got through dinner, I'll be hungry again. And that's, that's like it is through life. You'll find something you think, this will make me happy. I'll follow this football team. But actually, you don't get happiness for very long. There's a certain job I'd like to do. But you'll find actually, you don't get happiness within that job. Because actually, you're looking for things. You're actually lost. You can't find your way. But if we follow Jesus, if we look to Jesus, he can bring us happiness. And he can show us the way to heaven. Thank you for listening. And remember at the service, go and see, no, go to the piano. There's some sweets. Thank you. Go and sit down. Thank you very much, Martin. I think uh, probably a lot of the adults listening to that um, thought that was a really nice verse to remember as well. I think lots of us can agree that we were lost um, before Jesus found us. Um, so we're going to spend some time in prayer now. Uh, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Let's, uh, let's praise our God. Lord, we, we praise you that you are the God who is above all. Uh, you are the God who, um, as we were thinking earlier, is, is the creator. You've, you've made everything. Uh, and we might sometimes think that we're good or impressive if we make something, if we take some... Um, we might take some bricks and build a house if we were very skilled in that. But Lord, you, you made the, the matter that those bricks are made of. Um, you made time and space uh, and everything out of nothing. Uh, your ways are just so much higher um, than our ways. And Lord, when we, when we look at that, when we reflect on that, um, we could almost feel that we have nothing to say. We don't know what to say in response to that, but what, what we want to do is we want to praise you. We want to worship you. We want to say that you are um, you're great. You're amazing. Um, Lord, you are, you are holy. Um, we look in the Bible and we see that um, even if we feel we are good or relatively good, we, we see that we just fall so far um, of the mark um, that we do not meet your standards. That even when we do good things, um, we know if we're honest and if we, if we look in our hearts, we see that even when we do good things, um, we do them with bad motivations. But Lord, you are perfect. You are um, spotless, without blemish. Um, you're holy. 
you are just so far above us. And Lord, we, we praise you and we worship you for that. Um, you're just so much better than any person. We could put our hope in a friend. We could put our hope in a partner. We could put our hope in um, a prime minister. We, we could just hope that somebody is going to make our situation better. But, but there is no one that we can trust in. There is no one that ultimately um, can make our situation better um, besides you. And, and you have, in Jesus, you have given us everything. Uh, you have given us, um, as your word says, every um, heavenly blessing. Lord, you give us hope of a future with you. Um, you give us peace. Um, you give us forgiveness of our sins when we turn to you. And we thank you for that. And we, we want to worship you today on this Sunday. Amen. So, we will continue to pray. Um, we've, we've praised God a little bit there, but let's, um, let's thank God. There's, 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 there's hundreds of things we could thank God for. Um, and the Bible says, uh, Psalm 107 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. So let's, let's give thanks to him. Let's continue in prayer and, and, and thank God for some of the things that he has done. Lord, we thank you uh, for this church. We thank you that um, you have sustained this church here in Crowborough for so long. Uh, we thank you for all the people that it has blessed. We thank you, Lord, for how it has blessed so many of us here today um, for such uh, a very long time. Um, Lord, we thank you for the, the, the ministry of the word here. We thank you for how the Bible is taught um, faithfully. We thank you that we don't come here on Sunday and hear um, uh, thoughts and opinions, but, but we have um, John and, 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 and uh, Mark and, and others who are, who are teaching the Bible to us faithfully. They want to know exactly what you've said to us. Um, and Lord, your, your word that you've given us is um, it's powerful. Um, and, and we know that it has changed us and it has helped us. Lord, we thank you for the, the blessings that so many of us enjoy. We thank you for the safety that we enjoy living in this country. Um, we thank you uh, that you provide. Um, it, is so, it is so rare to be um, in, in true poverty in, in this country because of how, how wealthy we are um, in the world and by, by the world's standards. Lord, you, you provide so much for us. We thank you for... Um, the education system that we have here. We thank you for um, the health system that we have here, um, that there's no need to go without um, treatment um, because we don't have the money for it. And it's such a great picture um, of you that we, we don't need money when we come to you for help, that you just, um, you just help us even though there's nothing that we can do um, to justify it. Uh, Lord, we could, we could be here all day thinking of the things that you've, you've done, that you've, that you've done for us. You, you, you pour blessings out on us. Um, and Lord, we just want to thank you um, for how you've blessed us individually. Um, thank you for how you've blessed um, all of us uh, collectively as a church as well. Amen. So, of course, there's also lots of things that we want to 
ask God for. Um, there's so many things, although he's given us so much, there's so many things that, that worry us uh, and we want to go to him and, and ask him for help with. Um, and, and the Bible says, do not be, in Philippians it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, be made known to God. So, so God asks us to ask him for things. So let's spend a little while um, bringing some of our concerns and our requests um, to the Father. Father, we pray, um, we, we thank you that, you that you invite us to bring our requests to you. We, 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 we thank you for that. And, and Lord, there are so many things that, that we feel that we are struggling with, things that, that we need, and, and we thank you that, that you're such a loving Father that, that listens and, and delights to bless his children. Lord, we pray that you'd be helping us in the church here in all of the, um, the struggles and the difficulties that, that, that the church has in, 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 in functioning, in, in doing the work that you've, that you've given us to do, um, in remaining uh, faithful. Lord, we pray especially for the, the church leaders. We pray for John and the other elders. We pray that you would um, encourage them in their difficult work. Uh, we pray that you would give them the, the grace that they need um, to do the work. Lord, we pray that you would enable them, that you would um, give them the gifts they need to, to teach your word um, accurately um, and to, to lovingly um, minister to us all here. Lord, we pray you'd help all of us in the church at, the, at very different life stages, um, those of us who are young and in education, those of us who are older and um, and considering how to live out the, 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 the latter parts of, of life, um, and those of us who are in the middle, who are um, <laughs> working and doing all of the busyness and, and, and raising children and, and all of those things. Lord, we pray that you would help all of us um, in our different stages in life. Lord, we pray that you wouldn't just help us to get through things. We, we don't want to just come to you and say, please help us to be successful. Please help us to just get through the next week. But Lord, we pray that as we live, you would help us to become more like Jesus. Whether or not this coming week will be a good week for us or a bad week or an easy week or a hard week, Lord, we pray that by the end of it, we will be more like your son. That we will be trusting in you, holding on to you, whether it's good or whether it's bad, and that we would be close to you. Lord, we pray for, um, for all of us in the church who are struggling, struggling with, uh, with health problems, um, struggling with grief, uh, suffering in, in any other ways. Um, Lord, we pray that you would be, uh, as you say, close to the brokenhearted. Lord, we pray that you would um, uh, give us a sense of um, peace, uh, a peace that surpasses understanding, the peace that comes from you, even if that looks like it's not what we would get from our situation, Lord, we pray that, that we would receive that peace because of our trust in you. Lord, we pray for, um, specifically for Wendy Cowley, 
um, in hospital waiting to get treatment. We pray that you'd be with all of the health professionals looking after her and we pray that she would be able to um, get that treatment and that it would work well uh, soon. Uh, Lord, we pray for John and Esther um, being away at the moment. We pray that they would be refreshed. We pray that they would be um, uh, home safe soon. Lord, we pray for the, uh, the Connect Youth Club going on tomorrow in, in Aldbrook. We pray that that would um, be really blessed, um, that it would go really well, uh, and that uh, lots of kids would hear um, something about you. They would hear, hear your word taught. And we pray you'd really help everybody who is um, involved in running and organising that. Uh, we also pray, Lord, say, um, uh, thank you for uh, James Swanson's time um, in Nigeria. Um, and we pray that his time there will, be, um, will have been fruitful, Lord. We pray that it will have a, um, a lasting impact in the lives of those um, that he had the chance um, to speak to while he was there. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are going to sing again. We're going to sing uh, Be Still. Uh, And after that, uh, Mark is going to come and speak to us. So please stand as the music starts. Once again to our, our service. 
And uh, this morning, and going into early afternoon, we'll be thinking about meeting God. Meeting God. And how we react to that tells us a lot about us, doesn't it? Maybe some of you have a reaction of complete indifference. I might as well have put up the title that we're going to look at the different soil types in Denmark. Maybe some of you have come with a sense of, I know all this, I can switch off. Maybe, and I hope, a good number of you have come with a sense of anticipation. I'm going to find out about meeting God. As Josh said, there's loads of other things that I could be doing this morning, but this is the best thing I can be doing. And you're looking forward to seeing us meet God in Exodus 19. Maybe some of you react against it. And the reality is, is you're here this morning, but you didn't want to be. And actually, frankly, for whatever reason, you don't want to hear about God. You don't want to meet God. Well, if you are here this morning and you are indifferent, and it goes up meeting God and you're thinking, who cares? Well, my prayer for you this morning is that you will realise that you will meet him one day. And that you will see him clearly this morning. And my prayer is that you'll be ready for that day. Ready and waiting for your meeting with God. For those of you who feel like you know it all, my prayer for you is that the things we're looking at this morning will go through your mind to your heart and they will go so deep into your heart that they really impact your life. For those of you eagerly anticipating it, I pray that you're blessed by what we look at. I pray that you're challenged, but I pray that as well as we get further into the message and see what God has done for us as well, I pray it will just be such an encouragement that we'll go away praising God more and more for what he's done. Um, And for those of you who maybe don't want to be here, I I pray that you'll see something of the awesomeness and the goodness as well of God this morning and uh, and that you'll realise that actually you need him. So we've got to Exodus 19 in our series in the morning. We're we're going through the book of Exodus, the second book in the the Bible. And uh, it's just said that in the first couple of verses, we sort of find out what's going on. They've spent approximately three months since their escape from Egypt and they've been wandering around in, in the wilderness of Sinai and they've come to the mountain, it's called. Mount Sinai, as it's sometimes called. And they put up all their tents there and it becomes like this massive campsite. Just imagine the hustle and bustle of thousands of families with all their animals and just the the different noises going on and everything of just thousands of families with all their tents. Imagine all the guy ropes and just this this huge campsite in front of this, this mountain in the wilderness. And they end up actually staying there for about a year. Now you may remember that when they were brought out of Egypt, they were promised that they were going to go to the the promised land, to the land flowing milk and honey. And that was in the the northeast. But Moses has taken them down to the southeast. In fact, they're now further away from the promised land than than when they started. And you can imagine some of them looking around and thinking, well, I can't see much milk and honey sort of flowing around. 
Why has Moses brought them here? Why has he taken them further away from the promised land than they were at the beginning? Why not head northeast? Well, Moses brings them here because he's been here before. Do you remember the episode, if you were here, with the burning bush? This is where he was. This is where he met God. And if you've got a good memory, or you know your Bibles really well, you know that it was there that Mo, uh, God said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and bring my people out of Egypt. And Moses is like, what, me? <laughs> Who am I to go and face Pharaoh and bring your people out, God? And God says, look, the proof that I'll be with you is that I will bring you and them safely back to this place. And here we are, months later, and Moses has led the people out of captivity and he brings them back to the mountain. And we see that God has been with them all this time. And the people of Israel, now they are going to properly meet God for the first time. They've sort of seen some of the things he's done, they've heard the stories, but now they're going to have like their first proper meeting with, with God. And this morning, I hope that we're going to meet God alongside the people. We're going to sort of see what they see. We're going to sort of stand in their shoes, as it were, and experience what they experience. Or as best we can. I appreciate that it's very difficult. When you've got a dramatic story like this, it's very difficult on a Sunday morning, in the, in the light of day, in a nice cosy building, it's very difficult to really picture this and imagine it and stand in their shoes. But that's what I want us to try and do this morning. First, we're going to see them preparing to meet God. Because you see, before the people meet God, Moses goes up the mountain to meet God and God gives him a message. There's some preparation first before they meet God. And we're going to see, firstly, a special message from God. This is what God speaks to them before they're going to meet him. And we see this in verses 3 to 8. Verses 3 to 8. And it starts off like this. God says, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. There's a scene right near the end of Lord of the Rings, if you've seen it, where Frodo and Samwise Gamgee are sort of exhausted and they're stuck on this rock and these eagles fly down and pick them up and one of the scenes is just them flying them to safety and the next thing is they wake up in this incredibly comfy bed (laughs) but you see these eagles just carry them to safety these eagles are majestic powerful creatures and Frodo and Samwise don't have to do anything they're just carried to safety and God's sort of saying this is what I've done for you I've carried you on eagles wings to safety I've rescued you from captivity from slavery I've freed you And then he says, because I've rescued you, now listen to me and obey me. I've rescued you, now listen to me and obey me. Now in the next chapter, we're going to get to the Ten Commandments, the very famous Ten Commandments. God's going to give his law to his people. But it's really important that we get this the right way around. That God rescues his people... And then he says, now I'm going to show you how I want you to live. Now I'm going to give you my law. He doesn't tell them how to live and say, if you do it well enough, then I'll rescue you. He rescues them and says, now this is what I want you to do. 
And it's really important that we get this right because so often we get this wrong. So often we think if we do this, if we obey God's rules, then we'll be acceptable to God and God will accept us and he'll smile on us. That's not how it works. It's the wrong way around. We're saved by grace. God freely saves us when we, when we ask him to. And it's after that that he tells us how to live. So, for example, in the, in the book of Ephesians, Paul spends the opening chapters talking about the goodness of God. It's like the first half is just all about what Jesus and what God has done for us. And it's only when you get to the second half of the book that we then see how we're to live in the light of that. See, God's grace comes first. He rescues us first. And then he says, because I've rescued you, now I'm going to show you how I want you to live for me. How you can please me with your life. Now imagine Jack. I've made up Jack. He's a, he's a made up person. But he really gets this. And he knows he's been saved by God. God has rescued him from sin. And so when he looks at God's laws, he loves obeying. He's motivated by love and by thankfulness. But then we have Kerry, again, made up person. But Kerry, well, she really tries to obey the Ten Commandments. And the reason she does it is because she wants to be accepted by God. And she's motivated by fear. The problem for Kerry is that every time she fails, the fear gets worse. We need to get this right. God says to Israel, I have rescued you. Now listen to me. Now do what I say and obey me. And of course, the people should say, yes, of course. One of the songs we sang, didn't it? It says, now I worship you. It's a, a response to what God has done for us. And God says to them, if you do that, if you obey me, three incredible things will happen. Three incredible things. This is the first one. God says, you will be my treasured possession. Now, all the world belongs to God. God made everything. God made the stars and the planets. He made all peoples. And yet, he says, this this motley bunch of Israelites in the the Old Testament, God says, you are going to be my treasure. You are going to be the thing that I own that I prize more than anything else. More than anything else in the world, in the universe. These Israelites, in the Old Testament, you are going to be the thing I prize and I treasure. Then he says this, you will be a kingdom of priests. And in the Old Testament, the priests were the only ones that had access to God. Not everyone had access back then in the Old Testament. They couldn't just go into God's presence. And so the priests were sort of mediators between God and everyone else. So they would, they would teach God to the people and they would also bring the people to God. They had the, the role of bringing God to the people and people to God. And God's now saying that all of you, as a nation, all of you will be like priests. You will have... A, the privilege of teaching other nations, of teaching others about God, and also of bringing the other nations to God. We got a tiny taste of that with Jethro last week. If you were here last week, it was a tiny little taste of them bringing someone from another nation to God. And in this as well, a holy nation, 
holy nation, holy to be set apart, to be different, to be distinct. They're they're to be a nation that's unlike any other nation at the time because they are to be like God. They're to display what God is like to all the nations around them. And why are they to do that? They're to do it so that the other nations look at them, see God, and are amazed and they, they glorify God. And Moses tells all the people this and they say, everything that God has said, we will do. Well, it's lovely to hear their enthusiasm, but as many of us know, it doesn't take long to prove that they're not very good at doing what God has said. And the reality is, is that none of us are either. The reality is all of us are terrible at fully doing what God has asked us to do, at obeying God. But thousands of years after Exodus 19, there comes a man into the world. He's quite famous. You'll have heard of him. He's called Jesus. And he obeys fully and perfectly. And if we place our trust in him, the Bible says, well, what happens is those things that were promised to the Israelites in the Old Testament, they become true of us if we put our trust in Jesus and follow him. This is what Peter says to Christians in the New Testament. So if we're Christians, this is true of us too. We are God's treasure. Isn't that amazing? Maybe you don't feel like it much this morning. But in God's grace, in God's kindness, simply because he loves us, if we are Christians... We are God's treasured possession. He prizes us more than anything else. I think that's pretty special. We're also to be a sort of nation of priests. We're to be a people group of priests. So we as a church and we as Christians are to to teach people about God and to show people God to show what God is like to the people around us. And we're to bring people to God as well. We're to pray for them. We can also bring them to the great high priest, who is the one that can truly bring them in to the Father's presence. And we're to be a holy nation. As Christians, we're to be distinct, we're to be different to the world around us. Because we're to be like God. And so often we we think we have to be like everyone around us so that then we can share Jesus better if we're just like the people around us. And and I will say it is super important to love the people around us. We're we're not to be weird for no reason. We're not to upset people. we're, We're to love the people around us. And there are many good things that God gives us that we can enjoy. But... God calls us to be different. He calls us to be like him. And he says it's being different that will make people think. It's being different that shows Christ, that makes people go, there's something different. We should be a church, we should be people that display God. You see, people cannot see God with their eyes, but they can see us. They can see us as a church, as Christians. And they should get a picture of what God is like by looking at us. 
And, and Peter says, this is so, he says, we can proclaim the excellencies of him who rescued us from darkness and brought us into marvellous light. We haven't been rescued from Egypt, none of us. But if we're Christians, we've been rescued from darkness. And we can say we've been rescued from captivity and sin and we've been brought into God's marvellous light. And Peter says we're to be these things so that we can proclaim God so that they too glorify God. And it brings him glory and then they too can become God's treasured possession. God's rescued us so that we can become witnesses. And as we then witness, then other people become witnesses and more and more people become witnesses and it spreads around the world as it has done. So it's a pretty special message from God that he gives. But there's something else in uh, preparing to meet God's stage. God gives special instructions. God gives special instructions. So Moses goes up the mountain again, and uh, these are the instructions that he's given. This is verses 9 to 15. So he sent a message through Moses, but now he says, now I'm going to meet with all all the people. In fact, he's going to speak to uh, Moses in such a way that all the people will hear an audible voice. We, We find that later on in the Bible. It says they heard his voice speak with Moses. But this is a serious business. God coming down and meeting with them is a, is a serious thing. And so God has special instructions for them. God is going to come down on, on the third day. He'll come down on Mount Sinai. And one of the things they have to do is to wash their clothes. They're not sort of rock up in their, their dirty work clothes. They're meeting God. So they need to wash their clothes. They need to be ready and prepped. And Moses sets limits around the mountain as well. No one's to to go on the the mountain to touch it. Do you notice why? For they'll be put to death. Now God's presence is is a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place for sinners. And it's probably really helpful as well to explain a bit in verse 15. So it said a bit about not going near a woman, and of course that sounds shocking. But what it's saying is, don't have sexual relations for those days. And it's not because it was bad, or it's because it was dirty. You know, remember, God designed this. It's a good thing, but what God's saying here really is, that with those things, you give yourself to each other. And what God asks is, give yourself to me. For those three days, focus on me. Give yourself to me. Prepare yourself to meet God. This is serious. This takes time. This takes preparation. Consecrate yourselves. Get ready to meet me. And then we see verses 16 to 25. A terrifying meeting. A terrifying meeting. Now we can feel different ways about meeting different people, can't we? So if we're meeting family or close friends, I imagine we're incredibly relaxed. If we're meeting a friend who we haven't seen for a long time, maybe many years, then there might be a small amount of nerves. There might be that, you know, if they changed, are we going to get on as we did before? Are we going to sort of carry on as if nothing's happened? Or is it going to be different now? 
What about when you meet your boss for the first time? Maybe you want to make a good impression. You're a little bit nervous about that, that first meeting with your boss. Maybe it's meeting your boyfriend or girlfriend's parents for the first time. You're thinking, that's a nerve-wracking experience. But let's step it up a bit. Let's imagine that you're meeting the, the king or the queen. And that's a big occasion. You've got all those protocols you have to, to do. I know the stories of people who met the queen, the late queen, and uh, you know they knew she was kind, they knew she was generous, but they were so nervous that they would mess up and do something wrong. And it was a, a huge occasion for them. But you know, all of that pales into insignificance compared to what the Israelites are about to do. They're about to meet God. This is a meeting that Exodus 19 tells us has them trembling with fear. Trembling with fear. Sometimes people say, don't they, you know, if I meet God, I've got a few questions I want to ask him. You know, this, this section here, it, it shakes us out of any arrogance or casualness that we might have towards God. Because God is the same yesterday, today, forever. God is the same today as we're, we're about to see in this passage. He's exactly the same God. He hasn't changed. Try and picture this best you can. I'm going to read a few verses from 16 onwards. Try and picture this as best you can. It might help to shut your eyes just for this bit, if that helps. I'm just going to read what happens. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, And the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people lest they break through to the Lord to look and many of them perish. Also, let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. Moses says in response, he says, you've already warned us about that, God. You've said about the the limits, and God says, warn them again. Warn them again. You can bring Aaron up with you, but don't let anyone else near me. Otherwise, I will break out against them. It's as if as they break onto the mountain to see God, so God will break out against them and they will die. You know, God's, pl- God's presence is dangerous. This place that we, we're reading about here is a place of fear. Later on in the Bible, we see that even Moses was trembling. Tim Chester uh, says that God's presence is almost like a nuclear reactor. You have to wear protective clothing. You have to be protected. And even then, don't get too close. Our God is a consuming fire. God is still the same God. He's still that same God this morning as he was back then. 
He's highly dangerous. And you know, we're still the same as the people back then. We're still stubborn. We're still rebellious. We're still as grumbly as they were. And God tells us that one day, he's not just going to shake Mount Sinai. He says, one day I'm going I'm to come and I'm going to shake the whole earth. I'm going to shake the, the heavens or the, the sort of skies and the earth. Everything is going to be shaken. And on that day, there will only be one place that is safe. On that day, when God shakes the earth, there will only be one place that is safe. Where is it? Strangely, it's in God's presence. Strangely, it's in God's presence because it, he talks about the fact that his kingdom, where he is, will never be shaken. His kingdom will never be shaken. But how can it possibly be that God's presence is the only place that is safe when God's presence is a consuming fire? Have you noticed that it's strange that God calls his people to him, doesn't he? He calls them to him, he rescues them, and he calls them to him and he says, you're my treasured possession. At one point he even says, you're my son. And yet, even with that being the case, they cannot come near him, for they will die. He is so good and so holy and so perfect that sinful people like the Israelites and sinful people like us cannot go near him. But God in his love is not satisfied with that. God in his love wants us in his presence. And so he does the thing that only he can do he, he breaks out against his son, Jesus Christ, who willingly gives his life up for us. He doesn't break out against the people. He breaks out against Jesus. And Jesus dies on the cross. And as Jesus dies, and as the blood spills from him, it's as if the blood washes our hearts clean. The New Testament talks about his blood sprinkling our hearts and making them clean, making them pure. Because you see, that's always been the problem. It doesn't matter how many times they washed their clothes, how many times they washed their faces and their hands. It didn't matter how many good things they did. There was a problem in their heart. The problem was that they had rebelled against God, that they didn't love God like they should. And it's the same with us. It's the sin inside us that is is the problem. It doesn't matter how many good works we do. It doesn't matter how many times we wash our hands or our clothes. It's the sin inside us that's the problem. We need to be clean on the, the inside. That is how we can get into God's presence. And that's what Jesus does for us. He cleans us in our, our hearts so that we are made pure. So that because of him we can enter into God's presence. In fact, in Hebrews 12, uh, where it talks about this, the author says, because of Jesus, we're not stuck at Mount Sinai, where, where the people were. We're not, we're not stuck there anymore. Because of Jesus, we can go to another mountain. We can go to Mount Zion. That's it. It's a picture of God's kingdom, a picture of God's presence there. And it's a place of joy and light and happiness. Mount Sinai is a place of darkness and gloom and fear. Mount Zion is a place of joy and happiness and light and goodness. 
And we can enjoy God and delight in him because of Jesus. Now, it wasn't actually that long ago that I preached on, on that passage in Hebrews. I called it Two Mountains. And so if you want to think a bit more about the Mount Zion, then uh, you can go and listen to that again. You know, one day, maybe soon, we don't know, we will meet God. Each one of us will meet God. And he is a consuming fire. He is the same God as he always was. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't come to Jesus already, I want to encourage you to ask him to, to wash your heart, to make you clean, to forgive you from your sins. Ask him to help you to follow him and to obey him so that you can be safe in his presence. And, and you will be able to look forward to the day when he comes again because you will know that you are in that kingdom which can never be shaken. And for those of you who are washed clean already, for those of you who can say, I love Jesus, he died for me, I follow him. Well, let's celebrate the fact that this is what Jesus did for us. Maybe it's helped us remember a little bit of what Jesus did for us. That he allowed his father to to break out against him so that we could go into his presence without fear and so that we can enjoy him and his goodness. I just want to finish with this. I didn't want to finish with a terrifying meeting being the last sort of heading on there. So I just want to finish with this. Jesus transforms God's presence from something terrifying to something that fills us with joy. Jesus transforms God's presence from something terrifying to something that fills us with joy. Amen. Well, we're going to sing uh, and this last song... Uh, sort of uh, picks up a lot of the themes really that we've been looking at the awesomeness of God, the holiness of God uh, but also what Jesus has done for us so let's stand uh, when the music starts and we'll sing this together
just to say, if you do have any questions about anything that's come up this morning, please do come and ask one of us or ask someone you know and do chat about that. And just a reminder as well that it is a shared lunch, so uh, if you'd like to stay, uh, please do and enjoy lunch together. Well, let's pray to close our meeting this morning. Lord God, we have seen this morning a glimpse of how awesome you are. Lord, it's hard for us to imagine it. But Lord, I pray that we would have more and more sense of your power and holiness and that we would be in awe of you. But Lord, I pray that we would also rejoice that because of Jesus, Lord, we can be accepted into your presence where there is joy and eternal delight. And Lord, I pray that every single one of us here may know the safety that Jesus gives us and that that may be something we enjoy for eternity. Lord, do be with us for the rest of the day, we pray. Keep us and bless us in your name and for your glory. Amen.